your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. but some positive news for the city centre as Limerick 2030 and the Ireland Strategic Investment Fund has announced the creation of a joint venture partnership to finance the development of the One Opera Square project. You've been hearing about that on Live 95 News and you'll find more at live95.ie and across our socials. And David Conway is the chief executive of Limerick 2030, the company in charge of all of this. And he joins me now in the studio to tell us about it and what it means for the continued enhancement of Limerick City Centre. And good morning to you, David. How are you doing? Good morning, Joe. And thank you for having me on. So just to remind listeners, overall, this is a massive project, isn't it? And a lot of people will be very well aware over the years of the site and where it is, across from the Hunt Museum down that part of the city centre. They are indeed, and uh, I think people are fully aware of the conversations that have gone over the number of years in terms of its development, but now we're in a stage that the demolition enabling works are completed, and yesterday we announced the construction of the next phase, which is the basement I'd just like to give people a context of the size of that basement. If you take Tom and Park, which we've all visited, it's about 50% bigger than that again. So we have a basement of 155 car park spaces underneath, which then links all the other buildings that come up into the superstructure. And yesterday we were announcing one opera square and the basement contract with CISC. And from there, you were in a situation that we're now building that building and uh, moving the whole site forward. Okay, so the site enabling works is the total site. Correct. And the basement work is the total site as well. And then the superstructure of one opera square on top of that, which is 10,000 square metres. What will sit in that basement? Car parking and servicing. So we have a, a very sustainable development and therefore we need a lot of plant and stuff that goes with that. We have no carbon um, fossil fuels being used on the site as well. So we're in a situation that um, that service site. So if you're going to any of the buildings, you have car parking spaces associated with your buildings or if you're in the hotel or in uh, one Opera Square or the library. So it's a service area for the site. And then on top of that is this sort of fantastic new public realm space that we're putting into the actual core of the site itself. Now, there is a significant reliance on bicycles and bicycle parking. Yeah, and we have uh, put in EVs as well to that car parking space as well. So what we see now in the in the workforce is what we call end-of-trip facilities. So where people cycle to work, come park their bike, have a shower, change, and then go to work. So that's what we're seeing in the, the trend in the market. So in that overall approach of active travel that we've heard about uh, and government policy, you are aiming this to be as much about, if not more, about bicycle and public transport than car parking? It, that's one of the elements, but also we're trying to make sure that we have a sustainable building, and that's why we've gone for NZEB. So we've done this with Gardens International, where we had a lead gold building. And that's what the market wants. It's the next generation of office facilities. You're going to have to explain that to us now. <coughs> okay. Lee Gold is a standard that international offices take place so that people actually work in them. It's leadership and excellence environmental design is what it stands for, Joe. And what we want to achieve is that status, again, moving to the next generation of office space in the city. So what then is One Opera Square? So One Opera Square is a 10,000 square metre, uh, six-storey uh, office block and on the ground floor we'll have a, a restaurant space in the whole area. And is that different to what would have been originally proposed? 
No, that was always the scheme. Uh, that's all part of the scheme. Um, so we have a number of buildings on the site itself. We have one opera square. We have the apart hotel element. We have the living room for Limerick, the new library. And then we have a 14-storey tower block for the Office of Public Works. And lots of people will remember the iconic granary building over the years. What's happening with that? Yeah, the current plans on that are uh, it's an office space within the council um, and we're now looking at that, as you had heard of the news in the last few days, is there a viability element in that in terms of doing some work in, in terms of residential and see what we can do for that. Okay. Well, let's just hear from Con Murray, who is the chair of Limerick 2030, as you well know. We're chatting to David Conway, who's the CEO, and uh, our own Nigel Dugdale was talking to Con yesterday at the official launch of One Opera Square. And this point about potential residential space did arise. First of all, I mean, there is a wider issue around residential in terms of the 5,000 permissions that are granted and there's at least almost 3,000 operational at the moment and and going through completion process and that's an important point. But in terms of the actual site itself, and people seem to have forgotten this slightly, uh, with with the CFRAM, which which is the flooding study uh, in terms of the city, uh, the site was not suitable in terms of residential and this seems to have actually has been missed as part of the overall process. But having said that, in terms of the CFRAM now coming to an advanced stage, we're now prepared to look a little bit deeper as to what could or could not be. And I've raised the question at, at our own level in terms of the board level, and I said I would love to see the granary at, at, at least reviewed to see could it in any way uh, be, be thought of in terms of accommodation. So that review and study will take place this year to see can we do that to complement what it is we're actually trying to do on the site itself. But I would stress there are issues that are on that site that would have to be overcome first. That's Con Murray who is chair of Limerick 2030 chatting there to our own Nigel Dugdale and David Conway the CEO is with us and I think one thing we need to be extremely conscious of here is there are a lot of technical terms uh, that are being bandied about including CFRAM in essence, Khan is suggesting that initially it didn't look possible to do residential, but now he's saying maybe we could see some. We're in a very technical area here with the CFRAMs, which is all about flooding and floodplains and so on. So we just need to explore and examine that to see if we can actually facilitate it and if it's within the planning remit as well. What sort of residential are we talking about? I think Joe's probably a little bit too early to, to, to say exactly is it apartment, two bedroom, whatever. We just need to have a, a look at it and see what we can do. And, and would that be private facilities out, out in the open market? Would it be social? Again, we'd have to, to see what the mix is and what the viability is in that because if we have to put in certain uh, elements to the site to deal with the CFRAMs and flooding and all that kind of stuff, it has a knock-on effect in terms of the actual market price and so on. One Opera Square is due to be complete by January 2025? That's correct. Um, so we're uh, on site as we speak. Um, we had the, the, the benefit of actually SISC being awarded this contract and they had already done the demolition enabling works. So had they, they'd been, had a presence on the site so they could hit the ground running. Mm. Who's likely to use One Opera Square? Well... Because of the nature of where we're going and the sustainability element, we're actually giving this a very strong international flair of a building. So we could have a, an international FDI company, uh, be it global base, European base, or again, not to look at other companies that are not in Limerick currently that want to expand. There's, you know, there's lots of companies out there that are expanding. So we have a variety of uh, companies that could actually use this. 
This is February 2023. You're talking about completion in January 2025. There's a long lead-in to this type of negotiation. So is there something going on in the background? Yeah, we've appointed letting agents as well. So we have now put forward a pack in terms of what that could do. But most companies, until you see the bricks coming out of the ground, are a programme that we are now showing. They won't be in a position to make their decisions. What about the revenue commissioners and the discussion around that and some controversy that arose in recent months? Yeah, so I don't know if you're aware that in December of last year, the government came out and reconfirmed their decisions in relation to the their commitment to one opera square, or the opera square and the revenue building. So we're very pleased with that. So now we're in working uh, with the design teams and the OPW in terms of developing that building. While we saw it as a single tenancy in the initial stages, we're now looking at that as a multiple tenancy for the Office of Public Works. But just to clarify this, this does not relate specifically to one opera square. It's another part of the site. Correct, yeah. So this is another building. It's the 14-storey landmark building that's on the site. So the expectation is that the revenue commissioners will use this other building to some extent, but you may also need to look at a co-tenant. Well, it, it, again, we're building it for Government Inc., i.e. the OPW. So they have multi-tenancies around this, the city and they need sustainable buildings. We're developing a sustainable building for them and they can actually have multi-tenancy in that building itself. You might have a key tenant in terms of the revenue commissioners, but then other state entities will probably use the building as well. Was that a nice early Christmas present for you then, this confirmation from the government? Yes, it was. I think, and not just for me, but I think for Limerick, um, this is part of the regeneration programme from Limerick. We're putting ourselves out there as a key capital city in Europe. And I think we always have to think that European lens and that what we're doing here is a fantastic facility and momentous for the city. Right. Now, Gardens International falls under Limerick 2030 as well. And uh, you were kind enough to show me that, and I hadn't been in there before that. I mean, it is fitted out to the very highest level. Uh, but obviously there were challenges around that and filling uh, the building. So... In terms of that, where do things stand? And then what does that potentially say about opera? Um, well, the good news is that Gardens International, because of the nature and the way we, we future-proofed it, we were able to get tenants in there. There's still a small bit of space available at the moment due to a contraction of a tenant and so on. But uh, we're very confident that we'll fill because it's probably the prime office space in the region, I would say, in terms, again, its sustainability and I think, Joe, you've heard in the past that we have this ESG is coming into buildings and then development and so on, and it's going to be an ESG building as well. Again, you have to explain Sorry what's ESG. Um, it's um, environmental, social and governance. And a lot of investors looking at buildings properly want to have that badge. Not only have we got the lead platinum, Sorry, it's a lead goal building, but we'll also be an ESG building for sustainability. So for clarity then, there is... A, a there are tenants in place at Gardens and National, but you're mm. saying there are more in the pipeline. But there are, yeah. Uh, and then Cleves, which also, I mean, this is a, a massive, massive task across the city centre that you have as a CEO of Limerick 2030. What's happening with Cleves? So we're, we're very uh, pleased again that we sustain, we got uh, URDF funding of 34.5 million towards development that site, which were, again was the ministers to walk about yesterday. We're in the early stages of master planning. In the next few weeks, you'll see public consultation. We had one before Christmas. We're going to continue that and then we'll put out the market for expressions. It's, it's a mixed development. So it's residential, commercial, educational and uh, other elements of the site, especially the public realm and trying to link the river back into the site itself. Mm. And what about the iconic Cleves building? 
the Flaxman building is just a beautiful building, absolutely. Um, so we'd be looking to see if there's tenancies in there that could help us with that development. And you mentioned that residential is very much part of Cleves. Absolutely. I think there's lovely pockets of that site in relation to a residential and uh, we look forward to moving that Go back to opera then. Uh, as I say, this is a milestone for you being able to announce one opera. Um, but what alterations, and I suppose a, a project of this scale would always require some in permissions and the like, have you had to seek in the overall opera development? Yeah, it's like because of the size and nature of a four acre site, there's always going to be changes, nuances, and, and new ways of doing things as well in terms of the building. We've uh, gone in in the past and um, a planning application and we've got our planning application back in uh, two years ago in January and uh, what we've done now is we've put in small amendments to that planning application to build what we can build. Okay, and and just to give people a sense of it, not all of the detail obviously, in terms of the alterations. Uh, There there were minor in terms of one opera square in the public plaza and so on. We have an amendment gone in and we did some public consultation before Christmas on our 14-storey tower block. You will see that there's a, a dramatic change in terms of the glass facades now to a more pleasing, iconic linking into the Georgian buildings. And again, that's got to do with dropping the amount of glass for the sustainability and the heat generation in the building itself. What have you done to help protect Georgian heritage? Fundamental in our mind, we've kept 16 of the Georgian buildings on site and I think if you go down Rutland Street at the moment you can see the, the steel fabrication around one of the Georgian buildings right beside the town hall. Um, we're bringing those back into use uh, as uh, uh, either apartments, uh, well you have apartments and also um, office uh, space at the bottoms and so on. So we're, we're really enhancing those. And it required stabilisation uh, of a number of these Georgian buildings, didn't it? Yeah, and they were the main twos, 8 9 Rutland Street were the main two, and you can see them there at the moment. So we've put a lot of effort in actually maintaining and keeping those, and they would become part of the new library as well. Yeah. Now, a site based in the city centre, David Conway, was always going to attract a lot of attention. That was inevitable. Um the fact that you have now announced something, we know there's enabling works going on and one opera is due to be complete by January 2025. How important do you see that in terms of a milestone, but also in maintaining public confidence in the overall project? I think it's critical. I think it's been momentous for us to actually get this far on the site. Um, what we've shown is that Limerick is doing it and leading it. So if we want FDI companies to come to Limerick, which you do, we are now producing product for those to be housed. One Opera Square can have a thousand employees in that building. And we're seeing that FDI companies that want to expand and say, well, I know that in January 2025, there's going to be thousand spaces in Limerick. So let's move to Limerick and drive into Limerick. So it gives a real stimulus mm. uh, and multiplier effect then right across the city itself and enables the city. Well, one thing that you're certainly not responsible for is COVID and the pandemic, but it did increase things like hybrid working and working from home. Does that concern you based on the amount of space you have on the opera site? No, it doesn't, because if you're looking at the trends at the moment and a lot of international companies are mandating two, three, four days in the office and uh, then that actually helps us in terms of occupancy in space. So we're not, we're not too worried in that. I think the nature of work is probably what you're looking at in terms of that. Um, we are social beings. Uh, we like to be around each other. I think we get into discussions and we move things better in that way. And uh, we see that uh, a lot of the companies 
international companies are moving back to three days a week, core weeks, and so on. We'll never be full in the office, and we've taken that for granted. But we will be in a situation that the hybrid is the model moving forward, and hence the buildings that we're developing can accommodate that. And I think listeners would be interested because obviously a lot of what's happening at the moment is uh, happening beside uh, behind hoardings for obvious reasons uh, about the granary building itself. Will will it still be seen? Will it still be something that people will be able to enjoy ultimately? Absolutely, because if, you know if you move the clock forward to twenty twenty five and you're in the plaza space and looking around the buildings, you'll see the granary, you see one opera square, you see the part hotel, the library, and it's part of what we're trying to do, activation of that space that people in Limerick can be very proud of. Now I think the debate has gone on since 2013 when Limerick 2030 was first outlined that it is a critical time and we're in the middle of the decade running up now to Limerick 2030 your designated activity company is called Limerick 2030. How close do you believe you are in terms of timeline of getting to the end of this by 2030? Very confident. Um, we're in a situation here that in opera, we're in it's our own destiny at this stage because we have the contractors on site and so we're moving forward. On the Cleve site, we'd hope that by 2030 that'd be well on its way if not completed. Very confident. Yep. That's that's a, a fairly strong statement in public now. Stronger than maybe I expected you to make, but, David. But we have to be bold in our talk process. We have to be visionary in what we're doing for Limerick. Um, we've done an awful lot of work in terms of gardens, opera, moving forward in Cleves and it has to happen for Limerick. And finally then, you know, the O'Connell Street works have gone on for a long time. The hope is that we will see completion ultimately on that in the next couple of months. Obviously you have the international rugby rugby experience, you've public transport debate, you've active travel, the South Circle Road being one example, but wider than that. How does it all sit for you? in Limerick city centre because it really does feel like and you know without getting into hyperbole that we're in a, a hugely important phase for Limerick city centre I think we're in a transformational tra- phase for the city um, I think the O'Connor Street works are yes there have been inconveniences but I think you as they, there's a great old saying you can't have an ominous road breaking some eggs and so on and I think if people bear with us in terms of what we're doing in, in overall Limerick um, you can see the future is very very bright we were amazed yesterday at the response from the various business people, um, government officials and so on. Leading is, Limerick is leading the way. And you can see that from a transformational point of view. And you are open to debate on this? You're, you're open to criticism as long as it's constructive because there is such passion around Limerick? Absolutely. You know, change is good. Organised change is what we want to try and develop and move forward. That's why we carried out in Cleves, open consultation, December, we'll have more of that coming shortly with our master planning scheme. So it's very, very important. I remember, one of the aims of Limerick 2030 is that we want to make sure that people are very happy that they, they can live, work and have recreational spaces in Limerick. Okay. Well, listen, you did uh, talk to me a few months ago about being more than willing to openly communicate this. And that's something that we hope to continue to facilitate because obviously it is of uh, such value and importance uh, to uh, people, including our listeners. So we thank you for coming in uh, this morning and we look forward to the ongoing developments. Thank you, Joe, for having us in and um, we look forward to keeping you updated on the projects as we move forward. David Conway, Chief Executive of Limerick 2030. Uh, Thank you for coming in. 
Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nutch on Live 95.